0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 43 of bedden and Boozing here on the HHH Racing Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Roscoe, and what an unbelievable uh, trip I had last week, along with Howard Kravitz and, of course, Noah Maher, one of the co-hosts of the show. Keenlyn was fantastic, as they always are. Thank you so much to, obviously, Jim Goodman for all the hospitality and everybody else uh, that was at Keeneland, too. Um, make our stay one for the ages, not to mention all the people that we met. Um we met a bunch of uh viewers from the podcast out there. Um just quick shout out to uh Paul, Paul, Mark, Adam, uh, and everyone else. I apologize if I missed your name. Sean Kane is another one. So uh thank you guys so much for joining up uh and and meeting up with us. It was greatly appreciated. And obviously we had a great time and I hope you guys did as well but we're gonna have a great show come up for you guys tonight as we cover the late pick five on keeneland for keeneland on friday as not only will we cover keeneland friday this week but we have two weekend shows one saturday morning and one sunday morning of course covering the late pick fives for both days um i'm sorry saturday we'll cover the early pick five as tomorrow howard pete and paul the flagship shows as you see scrolling on the bottom of the screen here We'll cover the late pick five on Saturday at Keeneland with including the Queen Elizabeth, II second stakes. Uh, the first stakes, I believe, without her, if unless I think it actually might be the second. But well, either way, the Queen Elizabeth, II stakes goes on a Saturday afternoon. And that is a fantastic race. So that's not a show that you're going to want to miss tomorrow night at 730 p.m. Eastern time. The flagship show with Howard, Pete and Paul. Not like I said, you're not going to want to miss it. But guys, we're going to get in real quick here. Uh, if you're more of an audio listener, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor is where you find all of our shows, not only of Ben and Boozen, but of the HHH Racing Podcast uh, Network, Tuesday shows, Saturday shows, Sunday shows, anything you want, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchors where you'll find the audio editions for those. The Power Picks, guys, still going very strong, still over a $2.30 ROI for the entirety of we've been doing this. I believe we're almost up above 300 different spot plays, and we're still... 30 cents over the positive mark. So you guys will want to get in on this patreon.com slash HHH racing podcast only comes out to about $4 a weekend and it charges $15.99 a month as it's built by the month through Patreon. But you guys are going to want to get into this and not want to miss these coming up weekends, especially with Keeneland still on the horizon. And of course uh, go to HHH racing for either previous editions of the power picks or anything you want to know about us, but guys, like I said, we're right around the corner from Breeders' Cup season. This is the season they want not get involved with the podcast as get those power picks. We're going to have special Breeders' Cup edition power picks, of course. Be on the lookout for those, but we're going to be in, um, we're going to go right into the show here. We're not going to waste any to anyone's time here, but um, and I do see happy uh, Simon O'Neill. Thanks so much for joining the show, and I'll uh, I'll talk about him, of course uh starting here but bringing on my co-host from the east coast of new jersey patrick conslin of course from the west coast noah maher guys what's going on nothing much how we doing what's going on guys nothing i mean like i said i prefer to not have uh, this talk but i'm sure someone's going to ask in the chat yes noah did kick my ass in golf on monday it's hard to like, i've been out of play and I've never even shot a 72 wow. in my life. Hey, Here we gonna, go. You no, know, you gotta listen, you gotta <laughs> listen to me. You gotta get weight and you know listen to what I'm gonna say. I've never even shot a 72. I've my best is 75 on a par 73. That's all I got. As Noah can probably assume from my par five play. On you know uh, the big question is how did the balls play? Uh he probably just he probably wants us to not <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> uh i i barely i did barely beat him though i i did implode in the second half but um he did he did place behind us but um as to be expected he played well i think he shot 86 so nothing too shabby by any means but no shooting 72 and i think i shot like 83 or 84 so still behind all the young guys but still i mean 86 is nothing to sneeze at by any means so we had a great weekend as we'll talk about but um I want to go over some comments here and then we'll get into the racing katie is of course here how are you doing thanks so much for joining the show katie greatly appreciate it. mike monroe is here good evening to you sir thanks so much for joining the show simon o'neill i uh aka happy harry is he has many aliases these days thanks so much for joining the show man greatly appreciate it. sean Kane is in the chat sean great to see you this weekend and of course uh he's a part owner of shards who ran a very nice race this weekend um thank you much uh, simon he did run a very good race we were we were th- it hurts to be that close it really does but hey it was still very very good we'll take it for what it is michael austin is here of course shout out paul conlon from north dakota absolutely paul good to meet you this past weekend and um thanks for joining the chat man that's awesome greatly appreciate it. matt Miller, the man himself is here thanks so much for joining the show, and Howard of course is here. Noah, good at golf. Check that he's really good at golf. Forty-one on the back nine for a guy with a bad back and an old man—that's not bad. Absolutely not. Yeah. You know, not like I said, not out driving the young guys. But hey, I'll take two seventy down the middle any day. That's damn sure. Howard, thanks so much, man, for joining the show. But like I said, guys, we're gonna get right into the show real quick. And it wouldn't be betting and booze, and if I don't give some due diligence. To the crowns away boys as we talk about this real quick. I want to show the ending of the shards race, who ran an absolute stormer this past weekend in the Indian summer stakes. Um, just missed out by a neck to both Committee of One and Amidst Waves. Who shout out to um, shout out to Blackridge Stables, who I believe I talked to the owner of Blackridge, he's a very nice guy and he's got a very nice runner in Amidst Waves. So, shout out to him as well. i sorry sorry, I don't remember your name, but um, an absolute great gentleman. is we're going to take a look at shards race here guys real quick i'm going to put it up on the screen right now as it comes up obviously there'll be no sound um but i'm going to skip ahead to the uh end of the race here you'll see shards gets out a little bit slow a little bit outrun but you'll see coming to the top of the stretch uh as i like to refer to him as beshizzle my nizzle gets him out real is going to get him out real nice here he gets a little stuck in for room here towards the top of the stretch but once he finally finds a hole you'll see shards here the number 1 in the orange will finally kick home you'll see still looking for him finally gets it and you'll see he's finally coming 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 and will fall just a neck short but still we are all i mean we're watching from the winner's circle guys and you guys know me i'm a yeller but i was really really trying to yell him home but uh like i said congratulations to the committee of one will most likely be in the breeder's cup come in a few weeks which it's two and a half weeks, guys. That's just unbelievable to me at this point. Um, What's short's going to do now? I don't know. That's going to, they're talking about it now. Obviously it's either, it's either Breeders' Cup or it's not Breeders' Cup. So we, they got to have that conversation. It's a quick but turnaround. It is a quick turnaround, but God, that, that'll be. Oh, that would be all, I mean, just, I would be yeah. all for it. You know? And not to mention all of us on the screen will be at the Breeders' Cup. So that would be something special, that but obviously they're awesome. going to have to uh, have that conversation. But of course, I'm Tony Raw is the one to know. Not any of us, I'm sure we'll find out here pretty soon. Obviously, as it's, it's a quick turnaround, but we're gonna get right into the handicapping here, guys. Um, and Mike Monroe says, We just missed with the wine steward. You did I actually, Mike, I actually really liked the wine steward, and yeah, just missed that. Was a day of just misses for me, and I really wish it wasn't for you guys, but you guys definitely have a good runner there in the wine steward. And like I said, I really liked him. Um on that day. So congratulations. A good, still a very good second to a good horse. So Mike, thanks so much again for joining the show, man. I greatly appreciate it. And Charles B says, those horses are so closely matched at Keeneland, put the winners in winning lakes. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, that's the great, that's the greatness about Keeneland, right? We talk about these four weeks short meetings where everyone comes to get that money. So they're definitely going to be close to the match. Charles, thanks so much for doing the show, man. I didn't say hi to you. Uh, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. But guys, we're going to get in right now to, the late pick five, which starts on race six on Friday. It starts with a beautiful $16,000 claimer going. Uh, I had to throw it in there. Going a mile on the 16th on the dirt, guys. Draws a nice field of 11, though, with a, with a pretty lukewarm morning line favorite of the number three. Telephone talker at five to two. My Bar Riley at seven to two, your second choice. And huge bigly a Washington bread at four to one on the morning line third choice and as i bring up the picks right now guys um you'll see two of us are actually going with the washington bread huge bigly uh but noah actually has him nowhere and he's actually going to go with the morning line favorite telephone talkers so as i switch over to the pps here noah you're going to be obviously the one going first um let's see uh, i'm just looking through the chat real quick um He's headed west. Absolutely, Mike. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Hopefully, you get a good runner out there. Um, good luck with out west, obviously, with the wine steward. But I'm going to switch over the PPs right now. Noah, uh, go ahead. Talk about why you like why you like uh, what you like most about Telephone Talker.
1: Yeah, well, you you kind of assume with these claiming sixteen thousands that they're not really the best fields. Um, so the fact that I went with a favorite is uh, kind of not what I would normally do but it just goes to show you the confidence that I have in this horse up against this field. I just think that, uh, this horse for Falso Gutierrez just the consistency in the last four races. Um, I just think there's a lot, there's quite a bit of speed in the race, which is why I kind of didn't like the two, because I think there's other horses that have to go like the 70 the, and the 11. And I don't know if the two can necessarily sit off and then hold off others. Um, so I was kind of against the two and the fact that Falcons, so good first time. I just feel like that horse is going to get bet. Um, but with the three, uh, I just, I just kind of look at the consistency. Um, typically a lot of times people try to bet against a horse that, you know, has been running on the turf and on the synth. Um, but the horse has run decent races on the, on the dirt, even though uh, he hasn't won. Um, but I just thought, you know, going back to the quality of this field, I just think with, with that kind of consistency and running in those you know high 70s i just feel like he's gonna he's got the best shots of winning this race
0: i mean look the i know Corey, i know noah you said this as well the numbers definitely fit it's just a matter of he hasn't run uh on the dirt since god 2022 if not 2021 so he's gonna have to find that dirt form again but the numbers definitely do fit i have him in second and patrick you have him in third so you obviously think the same way but you you have two other horses, Noah, that none that none of us have. So I'm going to let you fly away here, my Bar Riley, at seven to two. This is an old. Um, I'm going to bring this up because just for my own sake, Arlington Legend. Nine if dollars. I remember correctly, why did I don't know why that happened? But Arlington Legend, my Bar Riley, you can watch all the way back here only at Arlington. Uh, I believe under so I mean for Veli, Steve Manley, so a bunch of Illinois connections. Um, obviously, this horse is very old at this point. Um, he's nine, but my bar rally seven to two could be coming home late.
1: Yeah. This six for me was simply just a board horse. Um, the horses run big numbers. You know, I see an 82 and 83, but you, you, the 0 for 12 definitely comes to attention. Um, yeah. but the horse is 31 for 64 in the money. So half of his races, he's, he's run decent. Um, typically you don't like to see, uh, going from a, a claiming 50 to a 16 where the connection is just trying to get rid of the horse for 16 or 16. Um, but I just kind of thought he was a board horse. And for me, I don't know about you guys, but I, I really like the three. So I, that was the only one I considered on the win end. Um, but then the one was just another weird horse that I, I thought those two turf races in the Brooklyn kind of dirtied the form. Uh, so I was trying to go a little bit um, out of the ordinary when I had the chalk on top.
0: Look, I mean the the one is another one I looked at for uh Mori, but last time it was actually at Keeneland, one with an A2 buyer, but that was over you know, almost 2 years ago at this point, it will be almost 2 years to the day actually funny enough. Um but it's just going to be a tough task. Hopefully he can run back to these numbers, but um these types of board horses where they're coming from behind and picking up the pieces, especially in $16,000 claimers where a lot of these horses might not like to pass. I think uh the number one could be another one. good luck, Noah with yours patrick i'm um we're actually very similar here we all we all have this two, three, and seven just in different order, but we both have the number two huge bigly on top for Falcone and Sias and while I bring up Falcone's numbers, which I'm sure you uh you know as well that he's very, very good off the claim first time, yeah. but I mean this horse is another one that just has numbers that fit,
2: yeah, and you know, and he's dropping down to the lowest uh level pretty much that he's been at. Um, you know, in a spot where, you know, I try to find the alternatives to uh, favorites as top three choices. I think in this spot, if you're getting thing anywhere near four to one with huge Bigley, um, whose buyers fit right in, um, you know, last race on the turf at Saratoga, uh, just a bizarre race. The horse just never really ran much at all. Um, you know, I'm going to give this horse a chance with, you know, from Robert Falcone, who's a New York trainer, who's going to ship down here. Um, you know, and try and find a winner in this claiming event um, in a spot that is just wide open.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I could I pulled up Falcons numbers in the last five years. He's at 112 starts off the claim with 25 percent win rate. So 28 for 112 with 62 with 55 percent in the money. So he's always has him ready off the claim first time and bringing him back to the dirt here, I think, is where he fits. He won a 25 optional claiming 25 at Delaware off the turf. But then was still compet, still pretty competitive in claiming races at Oakland, excuse me, and at Churchill. So I think dropping down to the sixteen is just where Falcone thinks he's going to be able to win. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a get rid of type of thing as he was claimed from Saratoga, now comes over here to Keeneland. I just think Falcone thinks he's going to be very competitive in this sixteen thousand field. As no, as uh, Patrick points out, it's a very Wide open, but again, Patrick, like I said, we both have the number seven in there as well. Populist for Moquette and Gaff Leone. Gaff Leone obviously riding very well at Keeneland, as he always does, but coming off a $16,000 claimer at Churchill, I just think this is one that could maybe get the lead and just kind of trip out in
2: this race. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, you know, this horse I look last out, um, what flew out of the gate, um. You know, I kind of thought distance might be a problem. Yep. But then again, you know, in this type of race, when a horse gets on the lead, you know, uh, some of these horses just don't like to pass. So I think the seven could be dangerous in this spot as well if it gets to the lead.
0: I mean, that's exactly, you know, taking your word, taking my words right out of the heck did i just say i got what you're hey, trying to say you know so. what you're trying to say I'm you're taking the words that i was going to say but just this horse looks to get out front hopefully can maybe even clear there are some there's a little bit of speed to his inside um but hopefully the number seven populist can kind of clear and if even if he doesn't hold on which as patrick stated the distance could be a relatively a relatively small issue in my opinion but um, still could hold on for a piece, so I do like the pot. I do like the number seven populist underneath. But I do agree with Noah that the number three telephone talker is the most likely winner just based on numbers alone in this race. But he will obviously have to come back to the dirt and have to take his first win on the dirt as he is over five in his career. So I'll be looking to huge big lead, to hopefully spring a little bit of an upset over telephone talker. But I'm going two three seven. Patrick's going two seven three. Noah's going three six one. Charles B also points out that honor he likes honor code a lot. Very a very good sire at Keeneland, which obviously could be the case for the number one code runner. But he'll definitely have to step back to these numbers back here in 2021 if he wants a chance. So, guys, we're gonna move on to race number seven here. Um, race number seven is the let's see as I switch right now. It's a hundred forty thousand dollar allowance going a mile and a sixteenth. On the dirt, on the turf, excuse me, draws another full field with of twelve, with four also eligibles. Um, one of them, I think, we all sticks that sticks out to us is number fifteen portfolio company. We'll obviously need a lot of scratches to get in, but he is definitely live if he does get in. But the full field of twelve, Luke Warren, morning line favorite is the number five highest distinction for Hyro Rendon and Lindsey Schultz at three to one. Second choice will be a credit. For Luán Machado and uh, Patrick Mateka we had four to one, and then 92 King Vega, the number out uh, of the number eight hole for Johnny Velasquez and Graham Motion. Guys, going to switch over the picks right now for race number seven. And again, we're all over the place. This and is actually, a fun race. Actually, oh, wait, I did. So I switched my picks. Suit. I forgot to switch them. But anyway, Patrick, there's going to be a common theme here. I think that I'm going with prices, and I think I'm going to get them by myself to hopefully talk. But no, I did go nine, five, eight in this spot um, as well. I, you'll, see my, <laughs> hey, you'll see my DRF, but dude, yeah, this is this again, common theme today is what you're going to see. But as I switch over the PPs, I'm going to let Noah go first again, because again, Noah has horses that neither of us have on top in a, what I think is a very, very competitive race. Yeah, Noah's going with the fun. number three, a 12 to one morning line horse, uh hosier. Who uh, great great uh, band by the way, but um, Rud- Rudy Brissett, Alex Shard, who I think is a very underrated jockey, um, always comes to Keeneland and runs his stuff. Um, ran in the mid million last time at Kentucky Downs. Obviously didn't run his race, but Noah, what'd you like most about Hozier?
1: Yeah, I so far I'm kind of on an island, but I'm I, it's a pretty fun island over here, I would say. <laughs> um, sure. But yeah, I I went with Hosier because I agree with you guys. I think this race was. Definitely fun, and pretty wide open. Um, but I think Hoser is just a really nice and classy horse. Um, you know, Rudy Brissett is two for two at Keeneland, so he's he's bringing live runners. And I mean, he's twenty seven percent for the year, so he's been he's been doing himself some good. Um, and then I think that last race in the Mint, in the Mint Million, I think it was, that was a pretty damn good field. I mean, you had Ancient Rome who came in from overseas, um, and Stitch who I believe ran this last weekend. Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, uh, shoot, what's his name? The Fletcher and Pratt that reigned third to master the season up to the mark. Um, Annapolis. Annapolis. Annapolis, yeah, right there. there you go. Right <laughs> which you guys were, or at least a couple of you guys were against when you guys covered that race. Um, but I just think he's kind of been facing some better horses than a couple in this group, and I wanted to go with the prize.
0: Hey, and to your point there, dude, I just could not catch a – I mean, it's per usual. I just could never catch a photo. Master of the Seas was one of my picks of the day, and, of course, getting noticed out. Obviously, up to the mark is the best uh, turf horse we've seen in the States in a a long while. So, um, I mean, he's going to go to the turf, and most likely – and that was announced, by the way. He is going to the turf instead of the mile. Um, He's never been beyond uh, 10 furlongs, and obviously the turf is running a mile and a half at Santa Anita. So that will definitely be interesting to see how up to the mark takes to the long distance. I don't think I'll have too much of a problem with it. it. just matters. Obviously what euros come over, um, into the breeders cup, but Hozier, I mean, look, I'll never, as no one knows my rule, I'll never talk anyone off a double digit horse that they like, but, um, he's yeah. just based on numbers alone. I'm sure you noticed Noah, he's going to have to step up a little bit, but if he if he secures the trip and obviously Rudy, bissett has been a hot hand this year could definitely, um bring it back so Hozier is definitely interesting at uh double digit odds you have the number one a credit who um surprisingly patrick also has nowhere um luan machado it's just smaller connections but um i just don't necessarily like the rail but i'm interested to see why you like uh, a credit
1: yeah i i kind of like the fact that at keeneland you have those smaller barns that come and you know they they try to bring their best and when they win it's just you know super heartwarming i just feel like this could maybe be the case with uh pavel i'm not going to try that last name um but with the rail um sometimes can cause trouble uh but sometimes can save ground and i feel like uh similar situations to the last i feel like uh those synth races uh and then back at Keeneland and the Sycamore going a mile and a half, kind of dirty up the form. If you just look at the mile and the mile and 16th races on the turf, I just feel like this is a really nice and classy course, uh, which is, yeah, is evident uh, with three out of four. Um, I I will go to your guys' uh, pick in the nine, which is Ocean Atlantique, who I, I definitely gave a look to. But I wanted to see what you guys thought, because I watched that last race. And even though it says game in the comments, I just thought he hung like a sob so i don't i don't know what you guys were thinking but that was just kind of my thought
0: hey i'll um i'll let patrick obviously touch on it first um and you are right i mean he definitely didn't get by obviously wolfie's dining ghost is a very nice horse in his own right but i completely understand what you're saying patrick i'll go to you first as we both have the number nine eight to one morning line ocean Atlantique on top for maker and gaff leone um I mean, to respond to Noah's comment as well, but tell me what you like most about him as well.
2: Yeah, you know, to be honest, the Kentucky Downs race on form looks like one of Ocean Atlantic's better race the last, you know, three times. But I like to toss those Kentucky Downs races just because, uh, you you know, the configuration of it, the hills and stuff. I'm just not a big fan of, you know, horses coming back and then running on flat ground. Um, What I like, though, is... This horse's best race is firmly in the mix here and at a price, you know, Mike Maker with these older, you know, six-year-old horse, this specifically, this is a six-year-old horse. This horse is gonna have, you know, is very tactical, can sit a trip wherever it wishes, is still training very well. Um I I just, you know, in a spot where I think a price is gonna come in, I think, you know, Ocean Atlantique is right there and with with all of them.
0: Yeah, and obviously we all talk about this, but the mild Kentucky Downs usually plays a little bit longer. Uh And he's finally starting to get to Wolfie's Dynagos here and just doesn't have enough. I just think I, I agree with you as well, Patrick, just the matter of even though it is his best number in the last two races, Um, Kentucky downs is obviously just that weird configuration where some horses really like it. Some horses really don't, I think ocean Atlantic still ran a very nice race. That time looks to improve off of that coming back to a more, um, general configuration. Um, this race is obviously run at a mile and a 16th. So I think getting a little bit, um, it probably plays more just like that mile that was ran at Kentucky Downs. So getting that little extra time to catch, catch horse, um, catch a horse that's definitely not as good as Wolfie's Ghost. i definitely be looking to Ocean Atlantique to run a race just like the one last time and hopefully can run by Um, like I said, a horse that's not nearly as good as Wolfie's Ghost. but we'll look to see. I do like the price as well at uh, eight to one morning line. Highest distinction is the morning line favorite in this race, and I watched all these races. I mean, look, this horse is a four-horse field, but still did it very well. We'll watch this end of the far... Turn of this replay here, which I love the win percentage, by the way, that Pim, look at that, uh, that Maryland Jockey Club does. It's actually, you'll see him just right here in the red and white stripes. Um, again, four horse field you make with what it is. The King Vega is the number eight in this field, um, but he just goes by, I mean, with relative ease and obviously being fully asked, but still powers away. Um, there's always so much you can say about um, a four horse field, but um, I still think by numbers, he's the toughest horse in this field. And if Hyro Rendon can get him into a very relative, a relatively favorable spot, um, that being stalking the pace, like he likes to do, I think highest distinction can run another big number at a Keeneland turf course that he showed to like in the past or like a little bit in the past. Obviously he ran fifth um, in 22 in the spring here, but that was under previous trainership. So hopefully, highest distinction can get out there and run a good race uh, for minor placings. As we all have him second and third, Patrick, you have the number 11 that will end here. Um, And talking about, I said, I mentioned King Vega real quick. He's going to go out to the lead. Could trip out. I like that King Vega necessarily doesn't need the lead. You'll see last time at Keeneland in the fall, um, he actually rated off the pace. He did steady, but he did show that he could rate a little bit off the pace. So that's why I like King Vega. Hopefully you can get a decent price with motion and uh, Velasquez who obviously has run very well at Keeneland so far this year, but injunction for Carlo Vacarezza and Rafael Bejarano um, just tried turf for the first time at Kentucky downs. And I, and, and I mean, for the first time in a long time and obviously ran in that same race was right behind ocean Atlantic, just a little bit farther back. Um, could definitely be one for the minors.
2: Exactly. Right. And, um, You know, second career start on turf, like you said, last out at Kentucky Downs and, you know, faced extremely tough uh, uh, dirt horses um, in tough spots and big races. So, you know, I'm I'm always a fan of, you know, trying to find prices from uh, dirt to turf and horses that have not really run on turf too much. But trainers are trying them, especially in spots where fields are open, because, you know, second or third out, you never know. The horse could just, you know, jump from that. Second out, and you know, in a spot like this with the buyers that I think fit here, um, it'd be interesting to see, um, tactical wise what they're going to do with the horse. But, um, I think Bayrano could get this horse in a good spot for a price underneath,
0: yeah. I mean, we saw it last time, right? Where the horse was pretty close, to probably what he's going to be this time at 10 to one, and was still very close to getting past not, I mean, you know, two lengths back, but still a little bit more room. Could be one to get past i mean he ran second the akak by and senior buscador so you know injunctions definitely got the talent it's just a matter of can he improve off that off second off the layoff in his second turf start um in the last three years basically but i do like the pick underneath for injunction i'm going nine five eight noah's going three one five and patrick's going nine 511 in race number seven on friday at keeneland moving on to race number eight guys this is a two year old made maiden special weight going a mile in the 16th on the dirt and as i bring up the field what do you know guys it's keeneland another full field of 12 with four more also eligibles in this spot morning favorite is going to be another Horn favorite the number four genetics for joel rosario and bill Mott at seven to two. Second choice is the number nine intricate for gaff leone and brendan walsh at nine to two and the third choice is Carrara for BJ Hernandez and Kenny McPeak at five to one. And guys, switching over to race number eight here, we're actually pretty similar. We all have the nine and four. Two of us have the nine on top. Um, Patrick has the number four genetics on top, the morning line favorite. But other than that, um, we actually we're all pretty similar. because Noah and I both have the 12. Patrick has the two. But I'm going to switch over to DRF right now. Patrick, I'll let you go first. as You are now the odd man out going with the number, morning line favorite, the number four genetics
2: yeah listen I, billy mott's been unbelievable with uh for his standards i should say you know great trainer but you know two-year-olds he seems to you know struggle to get them going you know over time um this horse you know has run twice uh both saratoga both you know you know tough spots facing you know big you know good horses two-year-olds that they always shine in saratoga um horse just really hasn't run much i i looked at the f- First race on August 13th, and I watched, you know, the horse actually, you know, it says on the PPs too. The horse was off slow and actually brushed up into first at some point around the far turn. It was really bizarre. Um, and you know, then second out just was really f- flat, came out of the gate weird. Um, I think this horse just needs if this horse can just get out of the gate and not have anything go the wrong way, easier said than done, right? But of course. I, I just this horse, you know, is a $525,000 purchase. They obviously think big things of this horse. Um, you know, they set the morning line at seven to two. I, I think this horse is going to run a big race and for what connections think it should. Yeah. I mean, look, ran
0: a big, been a big race first time out at Saratoga, just losing, was off slow, rushed up, and still only lost by a length and a half. Um, mm-hmm. Losing last time was a little bit. Um, I mean, he brushed the gate, just didn't really get out very well and just never really had anything top of stretch. has been and in New York the entire too. time. He was the favorite. Be- betting back after that 68 would be my guess. She, yeah. see, right, there we go. Cheers, everybody. Drink up. Everybody knows the rules, but um genetics. Look, if she can continue to build off those last two starts and run maybe a low mid 70s, could definitely be very competitive for the win in this race. As you'll see, she's been in New York the entire time. Bill Mott chipping her down um, into this spot will be very interesting. But genetics, the most likely, win, uh, the most likely winner based on numbers and the most likely more uh, post-time favorite. But, Noah, we're going with someone else. We're going with the number nine, intricate for Brendan Walsh. Last time out of Churchill, ran uh, six furlongs in a very hot pace, was able to close pretty well, but kind of ran evenly, was bet down Um Obviously, Brendan Walsh took her to Keelan, got to work over the surface, pointing to a spot here, and I actually really like this horse on top.
1: Yeah, I agree 100%. I think Brendan Walsh has always been pointing to this spot. Um, Running six furlongs at Churchill, uh, she drew the one hole, which is never ideal. Um, Just another one uh, that seemed well-meant and, at a gun runner, should just cherish the added distance. Um, And I really like the fact that Tyler Gaffling stayed here
0: i do too and um obviously brendan walsh loves to have tyler on his horses so anytime you'll see tyler jump on a brendan walsh horse generally it's because you know it's connection wise but tyler's always running live i think he won at least two more today so um he always knows how to ride a keeneland this one looking to improve second off the layoff or second second time out excuse me brendan walsh is always really good second start And obviously, still working very forwardly. So, Intricate, I like really well to sit, kind of a stalking trip as long as uh, she can get out. Gunrunner, obviously, Gunrunner wins at 20% for his two year olds. So, I'm still looking for Intricate to take a big step forward here um, and second time out and run a big race for Walsh. Um, As you'll see, we all have the number 12. Noah, actually, Noah and I have the number 12, remembering. In third and second, respectively. I mean, slow numbers, but still improving after every start. Michael McCarthy has her out here, and again, if an American Freedom looks to uh, with, looks to improve with the blinkers on, and I think you know, doesn't necessarily need to improve too much to be in the money.
1: Yeah, I actually thought the blinkers on would help her tremendously. Um, watching that last race, uh, she showed some potential, and she was five to two. So obviously the public liked her as well. Um, but she, you can see she was green. Um, she just seemed a little distracted in the stretch. Um, so I think even though the 12 post is ideal, I feel like being outside at Keeneland, especially last weekend has been, has been pretty good in terms of, you know, sitting a trip. Um, so I think there's uh, other horses to the inside that can go like a couple, uh, either, it's either the one and the two, uh, there's a couple horses down to the inside, but I think she can just kind of sit off and, Luis can kind of look to his left and kind of dictate things uh, pace wise.
0: And I love that Louis jumps on this horse, obviously a very aggressive rider and looks to put horses in very good spots, especially from a post like the 12. I would, I love to have Louie on a horse like this. So uh, for McCarthy, obviously size looks to set a very a good trip, hopefully towards the front, uh, maybe like fourth, fifth position, tucks in too wide and around that first turn and we'll be able to uh, t- pass them at the top of the stretch. Patrick, you're the one, you're the only one that has this horse in there for Gary, Mary West, Brad Cox. Enigmatic. We're coming over from Kentucky Downs, which is interesting. Uh, first time starter at Kentucky Downs for Cox. Now it comes over to Keeneland on the dirt. Has working at Turfway. I just didn't really know what to make of this kind of move for Cox. But um, I would, ass- I could also assume that, I mean, Kentucky Downs, they're running for big money over there. You want to try and get a piece.
2: Yeah. Kentucky Bread, you know, you- you're getting that inflated piece um you know you hit the board there you're getting paid well um yeah you're right you know you look at all the you bring in all the factors you know coming on turf and now you know it's gonna take to the dirt going a mile in a 16th um I, I just cox's number second out oh 29 oh, percent oh, it's just yep. you know obviously i, I mean i'm it's like a beating a dead horse saying, you know, well, Brad Cox is. Unbeaten. Oh, hey, hey, hey! You can't say that. What the hell, man? You can't hey, say that. Yeah, I guess I can't say that, but you know, you know what I mean when I make that reference. I, I just think the connections in this spot, at eight to one, I'm not leaving off a ticket underneath.
0: Look, I mean, just for the stat alone, you know, it's out of Brad Cox's 680 starts, second. T- second career starter in the past five years he's winning 201 times i mean that's 30 percent
2: that's a pretty yeah, and, damn good and, number you know i know uh charles b brings it up in the chat too you know with these connections you know the west and brad cox you know yeah the west bred this horse you know they don't tell I mean, you obviously purchasing prices and stuff like that like i've always believed that that you know that's that's a positive you know that they're really, going to keep this horse under wraps and I mean, you know. Hey, Charles B just pointed out, you know, Cox is deadly with the West horses. Yeah. He works his best
0: horses on Turfway to keep him safe. I mean, if that's the case, look, ignomatic could run really well. I just, I mean, that's, and that's after that race, too. So he took him over to Turfway, most likely prepping him for this Keeneland race. So Ignematic could be really live on this spot, Patrick. I don't know if I cut you off a little bit, but. No, you didn't. No, we're all good. All right. Well, sounds good. I'm going nine four twelve. Noah's going nine twelve four, and Patrick's going four nine two. Again, guys, very similar. Two of us have the twelve underneath, and Patrick is going with number two. Enigmatic in third. Going to switch over to the feature of the Friday card. It is the Grade Three Sycamore Stakes, going a mile and a half on the Keeneland turf course for three hundred thousand dollars. With a lots of familiar faces in here. And it tunes into another episode of Kyle thinks he picks a bomb and everyone will not make fun of him for picking chalk every time. And Patrick comes I was through, about to say,
2: I know exactly
0: who Patrick has the comes horse through with the number 11 limited liability on top as well. But the morning line favorite, guys, here is the number three bold act coming over from uh, coming over from Europe with Jamie Spencer and Charlie Appleby. Second choice will be the number two, everyone's favorite horse at this distance, Red Knight for Gaffleon and Maker. And third choice will be shared between the number four, Therapist, and the number five, 20 Port at six to one. But guys, gonna, uh, like I said, going to switch back over to the PPs here. Noah, you're the odd man out again, my friend, sitting on an island here. But uh, the number one for Chad Brown, who I thought's actually very interesting. Obviously, I have the horse in second as well, highest honors gets Pratt aboard. And last time in the bowling green, we all know what happened. Um, but I'm sure you'll can explain it as well. Would you like most about highest honors?
1: Yeah. You, you said it right there in the bowling green. That was when uh, rebels romance, uh, had an incident and, you know, uh, it looked like, uh, highest honors pretty much took the brunt of that spill. Yep. Um, but with highest honors, I'm, I'm living the time of my life on this Island over here. Um, and I love the fact that Pratt gets on. I, I think with the blinkers on, Pratt's a little bit more of an aggressive guy on the turf. He's he's just such a magician as we've seen you know, in New York and Kentucky. And he even did in California when he was in, at Del Mar uh, a few summers back. Um, but I just think he's going to have his horse well positioned. Um, and he m- might be a little bit slow on paper, but I don't really think he's that far off of others in this field.
0: I completely agree with you. And obviously there's not not too much room for improvement at this age when um they're turning seven but blinkers on was a very interesting thing i think for chad um and pratt coming into this race i usually don't like equipment changes like this and and this kind of spot where you know they're pointing back to it but this is a a little bit softer spot in a way for highest honors you can see two back ran in the manhattan against up to the mark soldier rising and then last time ran against uh ran in the bowling green obviously. Uh, he had that type of trouble, and I agree with you. No, I think he took the brunt of that. Um, Obviously, we can't watch the replay of it, but if you were if you were watching it live, I think Highest Honors definitely was the main, uh, I guess, opposite of beneficiary for that um, that bad racing luck. But I agree with Highest Honors. I think he's very interesting underneath, if not on top as well. I think he's got a very good chance to win it. Morningland eight to one. Um I would definitely be. Looking towards highest honors, but no, Patrick, we went another way with another morning line eight to one horse. Limited liability for Shug and John Johnny Velasquez, who ran in the United Nations last time behind Therapist, although, albeit, got a got a very bad start to say the least.
2: Yeah, that's exactly exactly what I was going to hit on first. I'm complete that United Nations. I get it's a mile and three eighths. This one's a mile and a half. Um, you could see right before
0: you keep talking. Sorry. He's the number yeah, five here.
2: Yeah. Th- this horse, I mean, pretty much, you know, it's, it got sent back too much to where it was just, this horse was not making up much ground. Um, and obviously therapist who's in this race wanted coming from off the pace. But, um, I just, you know, I look too back and, you know, the way, um, limited liability kicked, uh, kicked late was really impressive to me. Um, know is two for two with Keeneland. Um I just I think this horse is right there for Shirk McGay he in a um you know in a fun field with you know a price of eight to one like we've said most of this card. Um I think this is a this is a good spot for limited liability.
0: There's a few things that I really liked about limited liability that I'll touch on here. He's actually looking like he's improving at four. He's younger than a lot of these horses in this field I think has a lot more upside you can see just as improved in every single start this year off the layoff at Keeneland last time, one under IRAD and an 2 x Then comes back at Churchill in a grade three and runs one and a half behind foreign relations and then goes to the United Nations. Runs still a good race, but I think his best races are run at a mile and a half. You can see this last race even was still coming into a 52 and, ha- 52 and a half half mile, which is an unbelievable, you know, which is extremely slow. I'm very interested in limited liability on top. And if Johnny V can get her him, excuse me, can get him into a very favorable spot um, off the first turn or the first turn. And then obviously there's three turns in the race, but if he can tuck her in from the 11 spot, I think limited liability would be extremely live in a spot like this. Very interested in the number 11 limited liability Noah, I'll let you close out here. We all have the number three in there as well. Bold act. I, I don't know if you watch these races over in France, but um on these time for numbers, obviously you would take about 15 to 20 points off. Just looks kind of slow, honestly. And he's I like I said, I watch these replays. He's not a very quick turn of foot horse, like these, like you see a lot of these Euros are. He's more of a grindy type of horse. And in a race where he might not might not be as fast as these horses, I think I think this m- might just be another overbet horse for Appleby.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say the exact same thing. Um, I didn't actually watch those races, but you know, you you try and do the math with these time form ratings, and you're right about. I normally take about 15, so um, that last race in 84 does seem a bit slow against this group. Um, but it's Charlie Appleby, so I mean, right. obviously you yeah. have to respect him.
0: I mean, absolutely, you have to respect him, right? It's just a matter of, um, it's just a matter of what, is he able to have that quick turn of foot at a mile and a half, as a lot of these other horses kind of have that type of style, the same style that Bold Act will have, and if he's just slow on the numbers, unless he if unless he really improves coming over to the states. Um, He is three. So that's another thing you can look at is that he's young and improving still. But I mean, it, it just looks slow on the numbers, honestly, and knowing Appleby and Jamie Spencer coming over, you know, he will be bet down, you know, he will be the morning line favorite. If not, I wouldn't say for sure, but I would be willing to bet 99% that this horse will be the morning line favorite or the post time favorite, most likely like some like five to two, two to one. So I'm not willing to take that price on a horse that just looks slow on the numbers and watching replays just doesn't really have that quick turn of foot as you see these Applebee horses have all the time. But there's a lot, I mean, there's just a lot of other ways you can go in this spot. Patrick, you have the number five, Tawny Port, who my main man Siggy in the chat says Tony Point needs a target, but this time he will we'll see him behind Channel Maker. Tony Port since coming to the turf, I mean, he's really shown uh, to be interesting, and he will be up front in a spot like this.
2: Yeah. So first time out on turf was in that bowling green, um, and had some trouble in there. Actually, there was like got clipped. It was a we- it was a weird race. That was the one. Channel Maker obviously won on the lead. Um, second out I had in the Johns call. And that horse ran, like, off the screen. It was unbelievable. Um, Mm -hmm. I know it was only a six-horse field, but the horse ran incredible. Second out, you know, third time out with Trevor um, McCarthy. You know, it was a weird run race. But this horse, you know, could be on the lead again or, like, you know, somebody said in the chat, could sit right off of it. I just think this horse does like the turf and, you know, is a quality horse. So we'll see. But I think it was worth it underneath.
0: He is, and I mean we've seen this before, right? We've seen channel makers steal it on the front end many times in a spot like this at Keeneland before. So Tony Port could definitely be interesting. Joel Rosario hops up, obviously won the John's call, just looked very, very good in that spot. In that spot. This is obviously a much tougher spot against the best horse in the against the best horses in the longer division in the United States, but um could definitely steal it towards the front end with joel rosario aboard as i said so good luck to you and obviously good luck to siggy but um they said we'll have to show a little more against a very very good field but um just a few things therapist is another horse ran a very good race in the united nations that we showed the replay of just kind of i don't really that hundred almost just seems not out of place necessarily you won the pan-american with a 95 in the spring at Gulfstream, but um, I mean, he just seems very inconsistent, and now that he's older, I'm looking to more horses that have a little bit of upside as we talked about limited liability. But, um, I mean, Channel Maker is another horse we didn't talk about, won the Bowling Green at Saratoga on the front end, and if he can to- get towards the front end again, I mean, Channel Maker could be there. He's nine now at this point and still always tries his – you know, always gives his best run, albeit it might not always be the best winning race. He's won two races in the past year. A year and a half almost. So I'd be willing to play against a horse that's always usually bet down in that middling price range. But channel makers also also in the race. Another mystery for Arlington legend Chris Block. I mean, hasn't really shown his best this year, but it always runs well at Keeneland. Runs his race while albeit not winning. Usually uh 31 could be a nice price underneath. Red run for Mike Makers, another one who came back to Churchill on the turf and ran a big ninety-two in that race. Uh, over Yamato, who won next time out, so that's another one. There's just a lot of different ways you can go in a race like this, so it'll be interesting to see how the board looks as we get as we come to post time on Friday. I'm going one, one three. Noah's going one three two, and Patrick's going eleven three five. Guys, moving on to the last race here. Um, as I switch over back to the Equibase entries right now, it's a twenty thousand dollar claimer going six and a half furlongs on the dirt course again. Shocker draws another full field of 11 with the morning line favorite being all the way on the outside. Mitres Porciento for Raylu Gutierrez and Jeremiah Englehart. Second choice will be the number six Emerald Express for Sayas and Ramirez. And a uh, third choice will be shared between the number four herd immunity and the number 10 palace kitten for Gafleone and Diodoro. I'm going to switch over the picks right now guys and you'll see uh two of us again it's always two of us it doesn't it doesn't seem to be um you know <laughs> there's always two people piring up it's not necessarily always the same people but Noah and I are both going with the number four herd immunity on top and Patrick is going with the number 10 palace kitten but before we get to the last race guys the man himself said it the best we have a bunch of people watching so thank you guys so much for tuning in we greatly appreciate it as always but only 21 likes i see a lot more people watching than that please go down below the video player and smash that like button it really helps us out as it not only does it help, uh, it show that you guys are liking the show that you guys are watching but it will push out this video into the youtube algorithm to help us out with viewership so please if you could if you haven't liked the video already please go below the video and smash that like button uh, we would greatly appreciate it but I mean, Noah, I mean, no, not Noah, excuse me, Patrick, you're going to go first in this race. Palace Kitten again, Gaflione, Diodoro, five to one. But this race, just another race. that just is wide open in my opinion.
2: Yeah, this uh, this race is, to be quite frank, a, a crapshoot. And um, <laughs> I'll take Diodoro um, first off the claim, hitting a 21%. Um, draws more outside in this spot, you know, Last out, um, horse was uh, on the lead and just didn't, I uh, just was not just didn't run much at all at Ellis. Um, you know, I've always been a big fan of the joy sires on the turf as you know, a lot of people are, um, you know, at five to one. I think this, I honestly think this horse will be bet down a little bit more just because of Theodoro and first off the claim in a lower, lower spot, dropping down again. Um, I really didn't have a big opinion in this spot, but I I just I'll I'll side with uh, theodoro. Like I said, I mean, look,
0: Lisa. This I mean, the numbers definitely fit. Um, ran at Hawthorne in a sixty-two in a optional claiming sixty-two. Ran an eighty-one. Ran twice at Ellis Park this um this summer. Ran a seventy-eight and seventy-eight. I tried it on the turf for Maker last time, which was a very interesting move off the claim for Maker now comes to, now comes back to Deodoro actually it's a claim back you can see here claimed out of this race for 25 for Deodoro then ran in that turf at Ellis and now claimed back for Deodoro also owned but now co-owned by Charles Garvey so that could be another place to see that Deodoro really thinks this horse can run puts him in for 20 which is I assume is obviously you know dropping down a little bit but it's basically the same level especially at Keenland where these races are always come up always come up wide open. Palace Kitten is definitely one to consider for sure. I Actually, Noah has her, uh, him in second as well. I don't have him anywhere, but again, there's only so many ways you can go. Uh, so many horses you can put on your ticket or on your top three when a race is this wide open. But Palace Kitten could definitely be in there as well. Noah, we're going to number four, Herd Immunity for Tomlinson and uh, Joseph Rocco Jr., who ran a nice uh, 77 last time at Churchill. Um, I mean, look, just, I thought could trip out in a race like this could have a little bit of a stalking trip, but, um, what'd you like most of I herd immunity?
1: Yeah, well, this race, I completely agree with Mike Monroe. I think if, if you have any kind of, you know, horizontal bet, you're going to want to use as many as you can. Um, but I almost started with Patrick and went with the 10 just because, you know, Diodoro and some of these other trainers, they, they try and do like the little sneaky reclaim and you're always suspicious of stuff like that um but i i just went with the four i agree with you kyle i i think um the fact that the horse is going from seven to six and second off the layoff i think the horse is going to be really fit uh and coming late when i feel like a couple of these horses on the front end are just going to kind of be crying for the wire um i just thought he was one of the few horses um that could really you know pass in a low level race like this um, and then in third, I went with a little flyer in the five, uh, Asmussen, uh, which he owns himself. Um, a horse that's got some back numbers, you see a 80, 84, 86, 89. Um, and he hasn't really gone back to that. Um, but I'm just hoping the fact that the horse is two for two at key, and he, he'll just get back to his normal self, just with the fact that he really likes the service.
0: I mean, look, I mean, nepotism at eight to one, who I also like, no, I have him in third as well uh, just another horse that i thought could really trip out in a spot like this i mean bat last year at churchill ran an 86 going a mile i know this race is obviously a little shorter coming off beaten claimers at ellison indiana but um gets keith back up again in this spot I, again just another horse i think could really trip out and with a lot of horses that don't necessarily like to pass too much i like nepotism a lot at a, at a solid price of eight to one and as noah mentioned Two for two at Keeneland never hurts, not to mention that she, um, he was winning starter allowances at Keeneland last year. But, uh, Patrick, I'll let you round it out here. You're going with the number six, Emerald Express, who I'll let you talk about first, obviously. And then I have the number 11 as well in second, who I'll let you talk about first, and then I'll add on anything. But the number six, Emerald Express for Ramirez and Sayas. Yeah, I'll
2: hit on the six. Um, you know, horse, uh, has run twice now for Ramirez, um, you know, just hasn't really shown much, you know, and then it's going to, it's now going to take a bigger drop down, um, going from that 40 to this 20, you know, is probably going to sit a stalking trip because of, uh, the horse does not have much speed. So I, I'm kind of thinking if this race does fall apart and uh, multiple horses go, this horse could pick up a price, um, you know, in a spot like it, like this dropping down, but th- you know, that's really my angle with the six um, the 11 and then the 11, I'll let you hit on, but the uh, just the speed of the speed for um, Jeff Englehart, a uh, New York based trainer,
0: but also another one that doesn't necessarily need the lead by any means. Sure. You see back, I mean, that was, this was last year in 22. This will be a pretty long layoff for Englehart and Raylu, but looks to clear from the outside draw. Even if he doesn't clear could definitely sit in a decent spot. I don't, I know howard's gonna yell at me for this one because you know you see off the layoff like this coming back at eight yeah. you know could be the one thing but could be i don't like that um 72 morning i don't think you'll get seven to. i think you'll get all of seven to two you'll probably get more middling like five six to one i think on this horse but just looking to set a nice trip and hopefully if you get out front could even be a little bit more dangerous out there but off the layoff coming at eight i wouldn't trust necessarily on the win end but could be someone to hang on for minor placings i'm going for 11 five, and noah's going for 10 five, and patrick's going 10-6 11. guys gonna switch back here and we're gonna go over obviously our best bets for this coming weekend, Patrick, you are for, uh, you're right next to me. So you're going to go first here. Uh, you and I have the same best bet. I'm sure you can assume who it is, but as I put up on the screen now, race number seven, a win on the number nine ocean Atlantique and then race number eight, a double four with three eleven. Patrick talk about your best bets.
2: Yeah. You know, I don't have to elaborate too much on ocean Atlantique. Um, you know, I think this is the right spot for that horse. Um, and then I'm going to play the double uh, in race eight with the four uh, genetics for Billy Mott and Joel Rosario. I, I expect that horse to uh, run well third time out. Um, and I'm going to pair that horse up in the doubles with um, the uh, 11 limited liability, who's my top choice in that spot. And then the uh, three bold act for the Appleby horse. Um, ideally, I was thinking, you know, I'm going to play uh, Tawny port two with some Dutch doubles um, just because I know Bold going to get bet, like you hit on Kyle, um, and it really sh- the horse really shouldn't. So um, those are my best bets, uh, and let's hope we can cash them. Hey, look, I mean you'll see
0: later. I like one of your best bets for sure, but um, if if that four does win, you definitely will be live. Bold Act, I think you have to include on horizontals, but as I touched on, could just be slow. But I think you have to include them in the number eleven. Obviously, I agree with you there as well. Good luck, Patrick, with your best bets. Real quick, I'm going to go over a few comments here that we have in the chat. Uh, Mike Monroe. Thanks so much for the kind words, man. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you for being here for the entire show. It can only, I can mean, I can, I can only thank you enough. So just greatly appreciate it, man. And good luck on Friday at Keeneland. Trish Smith says, uh, Hey guys, great show. Love the Keeneland coverage. Trish, thanks so much for joining the show. Obviously one of our longest supporters. And I obviously she lives near the Lexington area. So always want to cover Keeneland. It's my favorite track. Now that my favorite, it's my favorite track Now that my favorite track is gone is what I like to say um it's it's just an amazing time obviously we we're there last weekend um just an unbelievable time so trish thanks so much for doing the show charles b good, good luck with your pick five you as well my friend thanks so much good luck with all your bets uh this coming weekend i'm sure you'll be playing saturday and sunday as well as i'll see you in the chat tomorrow jimmy too absolutely nothing better than keeneland greatly greatly agree and greatly appreciate jimmy thanks so much for doing the show man and Katie says great show thank you guys so much for the kind words but we have two more best bets to get through here. Noah's best bets of the week, and he's going to go with an all-turf pick three, which is a fantastic um, wagering option that Jim Good, uh, Jim Goodman and Keeneland offers. It's a $3-based bet is um, something that should be uh, prefaced here. So Noah's going seven with one, three, five, with one, two, three. That's in race five. But, again, that's covering all turf races. That's covering race five. Race seven, and then ending in the Grade Three Sycamore, which is race nine. Singling number seven in the race that we didn't talk about, which is um, is that right, Noah? The number seven in the fifth race, the um, twelve to one morning line. Or did you send that to me wrong?
1: Yeah, the fifth race. All right. I will. Bangers, I will say. I, I will say that of my time on this show, this is a horse that I have the strongest opinion. This is my play of the. What, I, whatever I went, month or it, so months. that I've been on, yeah, oh, yeah.
0: you're doing this now. All right. Yeah. You own Howard
1: status. All right. I'm putting them up on the screen. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is a uh, uh, Judmont own and bred uh, 12 to one morning line. I, I think you'll probably get five or six if you're lucky. Yeah. I don't, I don't think 12 to one is anywhere close. Um, but this horse just had tons of trouble uh, in the debut. Uh, was squeezed at the start um, and checked a couple times, which they couldn't include in the comments. And then was trying to close on the absolute worst part of the track. That was the first day that they had moved the rails down to Kentucky down. So the first two, three paths were the absolute golden, you know, highway. Um, but I just think the fact that Bill Mott keeps his horse on the grass, uh, you know, second time out, you know, natural improvement. And Johnny B, who's, who's the leading rider so far. Um, like I said, I, I I don't see you getting 12-1 or anywhere near. Um, So I'm going to start off with a single to start the turf pick three because it's keen, and so you have to.
0: Yeah, which, uh, um, real quick, Noah, I find it very interesting about the – I find this breeding very interesting on the number seven odd in here because, obviously, Arrogate, we all know, um, doesn't do very well with turf horses. You can see turf routes right here, 12 for 167, only winning at 7%. But look at who – uh, Judmon Bred Arrowgate to Falimbi. For those of you that don't know who Falimbi is, um, the uh, very, very good horse in the 14-15 era. You can see won the Gold Decova at Santa Anita, was second in the Jenny Wiley, was second in the Just a Game. I mean, it was a very, very serious horse. And you can see um, Publication was one was a winner in New York in 2021 on the turf. So Arrogate, I just thought, was a very interesting breeding to uh, Falimbi, as Arrogate obviously doesn't do very well with turf horses, but could definitely be someone to look out for. And I do agree with you on the price. No, I don't think you're going to get 12 to 1 by any means. But anyway, sorry about that. Continue with your uh, best yeah,
1: I'll I'll start with the quote-unquote 12 to 1 to start the turf pick 3. Uh, and then the second leg is the seventh race, which is the allowance 140,000 going a mile 16th on the turf, obviously. Um, so I've got a credit. Who's the one I've got Hoser, the three who I like is a little bit of a price. And then I've got highest distinction who could definitely win. But the 102 is definitely skeptical. Um, I might consider using Ocean Atlantique, even though I was a bit against him, you guys convinced me a little bit so I might just throw him in just in case he's you know eight to one ten to one and and is beats me in a huge turf pick three. Um and then in the last the last turf race which is the ninth race I've got highest honors, red knight who's just a really cool horse and a really cool story and then bold act if he's really legit.
0: Yeah absolutely and then obviously you have the winner number in, in the race number six is on the number three telephone talker who uh, is the morning I favorite in that race, but looks to get a good trip uh, and a good uh, good run for you, Noah. Know.
1: Yeah, just a horse who I thought was kind of laid over the field. And I just feel with you know others in that race, uh, Huge Bigley, who you guys liked, I think is probably going to take a little bit of money with uh, for Falcone. Um, so I just feel like if you get anything close to five to two, that's going to be a pretty good value on a horse like that.
0: Absolutely. So good luck with your best bets as well, Noah. And real quick, man. Look, hey, it's not like two it's not like we picked, you know, eight to ones on two or three eight to ones on top, but you know, it's fine. The 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 host, the the founder gets what the founder gets, but I you know, he's calling Noah the big balls, guys. But you know, I thought we all were out on the limb today. But um, I'm gonna go with two win bets, guys. And the my the big the best thing that I've found for me in these past few weeks is especially at Keeneland. Is every card I look at, I find three, two to four horses that I really, really like.
2: <laughs>
0: he puts a he puts a town joke in the chat. So if you guys know what they, if you guys, if you know, you know. But um, the thing that I found very uh, that's working very well for me at Keenland is picking two to four horses that I really like, and I set of what is basically a value line. I set what I think the horse is, what the best value for the horse is that I'm going to get that I want to bet that horse at. Um, last week I ended up playing one only. I had four horses to play, I only ended up playing one on Friday. But the one horse that I did play ended up being Buku, who ended up going off at five to one and winning, which $25 netted me 178. So, um, and then Saturday was again the case of the seconds. I already explained it. You guys know that Master of the Seas is just the cap off of that day. Uh, the wine steward we talked about earlier, so even even that i had five horses that day played one or played four of them lost three of them but still only lost like 20 bucks on the day because one of them hit and the last day at Keeneland, which i was at sunday um i had four horses five horses to play again um ended up playing three of them hit one of them and still made 50 bucks because of one horse i had i bet 30 30 bucks on at five to one and netting me 200 bucks. So it's just very, it's a very easy way to kind of limit your betting while still playing the horses. You feel very strongly about. So that's the way I'm approaching this week as well. Two win bets for me. I'm going to go win on the number nine ocean Atlantique, as we talked about extensively today, I think has a very good chance to win at a pretty decent price. So, and then win on the number 11 limited liability ocean Atlantique, probably the minimum I would take is probably five to one. I think anything below that, I think the risk just outweighs the reward in a spot like that. Um, coming off that Kentucky Downs race and the number one and the number 11 limited liability in the ninth race, I just think has the most upside in a race like this, has improved every single start this year. And I think, I mean, what was that? Eight to one? I think five to one is like still another fair price. I think six to one would be better um, in a spot like that, which I think you might get with a lot of um, well known faces in a race like that. So anything above six to one, six to one or higher would be very good for me in a spot like that. But kind of pick and choose how your bets will come. And obviously, they will be on Twitter at AP Roscoe K on Friday. But guys, that will conclude um, today's podcast for episode number 43 covering Keelan's late pick five. But real quick, guys, um, my best bet NFL wise of the weekend is going – I. It's 49ers-Browns, guys. 49ers are only favored by seven from what I see to my left here. That that seems – I mean, the Browns are give or take, but for a a San Francisco team that's just look absolutely devastating to all these different teams as they destroyed America's team who's who's playing another fucking primetime game this week because, God forbid, they put the Cowboys anywhere else. Um, But 49ers minus seven is going to be my best bet of the weekend for sports, but guys, hopefully you guys enjoyed episode number 43 of betting and Boozing here on the HHH racing podcast, covering Keeneland Friday and the late pick five, including the grade three Sycamore Stakes. Mike Monroe has a two-year-old army mule colt that can really run. We'll keep you posted. I would love to hear about it. Mike, thanks so much for doing the show, man today. Greatly appreciate it. And thanks so much. Thanks so much for being so live in the chat and of course simon o'neill aka happy harry aka whatever else he'll be called next week said thanks guys greatly appreciate it for my co-host patrick console and noah maher this has been your host kyle Rosco- roscoe in episode 43 of betting and boozing on the hhh racing podcast good night everybody and crush your bets this friday at keeneland